Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. If you have any prayer requests or correspondence or inquiries for the WIBR Warren Radio, please send them to our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can also find the WIBR Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Linktree, and Pure Social. You can listen to our shows through warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. You can also find us on the following streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Podchaser, and Deezer. And don't miss the following posts on Warren-USA or DanaGlennSmith.com. A Seasoned Tale of Redemption Truth. A Seasoned Tale of Redemption Truth relates the events in prose form. Here, the truth of redemption, the garden, and even the keeping of seasons of celebration as humans are reflected around one fact. Also, thy many gods, who shall save you? When shall it be, they ask, if thou art God? When shall the, his hand strike us? Oh, if thou art of God, when shall his hand strike us? We must have enough time to dance, party, and to hold session with our God. For the end is not yet, and to us there is yet day. The evil is not done, nor our ways finished. For the Lord sleeps, and his judgment waits till another day. Sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danasglinsmith.com. And Warren Radio has been in the end of days prophetic ministry for well over two decades. We do this through our preaching, teaching, and publishing work. We are also an advocate for the persecuted church. And this newsletter is a special segment of our informative processes to let those who are interested in being kept in form and in touch with us. Be sure to get the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter. And don't miss our Christian Books and Resource Shop on DanaGlennSmith.com. We feature Christian books and other resources from our Vision Media. Remember this word. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those who, that published it. Psalm 68:11. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings. Welcome to another Friday edition of Sound the Shofar. We're in Romans talking about the burden of Israel, which is penned by the author of Romans, the Apostle Paul. <clears throat> he had to go to Rome, and he did. Now we'll get to that in a moment. We're talking about Israel at the same time Israel is facing a lot of troubles. But there are those 
knuckle-headed politicians that are in our government that uh, actually oppose Israel. And these are pretty much the same people that will oppose uh, a republic that America used to be, a constitution that we still have, and a bill of rights that we should appreciate. But there are those coming across the border, and there are those that are in this country today running our government that are opposed to all that. You know, in the last 500 years of the Roman Empire, they could not protect its citizens. It was overrun by Mongol hordes. Rome was pillaged numerous times. The church was entered, the Church of Rome, and uh, people got killed right in the church itself. So there are always those that oppose civil authority. And in America, we have a lot of them. Now, mentioning God, Liz Cheney brought forth a, a few words regarding her getting ousted and Trump. She hates Trump simply because he represents populism, and that populism is patriotism, Christianity, faith. And it also, he just didn't have Christians and patriots there. He had people from every creed, every color that followed him. Because it was truly about America. But you see, Cheney is connected to Dick Cheney and Powell and the others, many of whom <clears throat> know very well what the PNAC documents are, P-N-A-C, Project for a New American Century. Look it up. And it was a detail in conquering nations, and it's the way that they thought, warmongering Cheney along with others. And that is what Cheney is today, Liz Cheney. She's an image of her father here where she is representing us. I've never been a Cheney supporter. And her true colors regarding Trump didn't come out until of late. Nevertheless, let's see, on to some other news. If you follow us closely, you will notice that uh, we've had some issues with our network going on about two weeks now. We had to upgrade with some stuff, a piece of equipment, and uh, we're still having some issues with it. So this makes two weeks now that I haven't been able to get to the Thursday show. I don't know why these things have been falling on Thursdays. But uh, it went deader than a doornail yesterday. And everything was working fine. And this has been happening for two weeks. We were totally down for a week, week and a half, I think it was. Totally down. And uh, couldn't access our websites we couldn't do nothing especially here from the studio so uh, we're still working on the bugs and the company that uh, that we're working with needs to come through with some answers or will we will be getting a new company but here in these neck of the woods, there's only so many companies you can go with, and they know it. But at any rate, we managed to get her up last night, and so I'm doing the show today. And uh, we will be going forward. Of course, we don't, uh, we do all of our shows, record them here in the studio. And, uh, and that's how we like to do that. And then we 
put them up. I'm not a great fan of live. And uh, we don't do any interviews anymore. And I've had, I've had people contact me through the years. And uh, I've had a lot of great interviews with a lot of great people. It has nothing to do with any of them. This was a decision as to the direction we were going to go. We have been warning people and doing interviews on many, many topics for over two decades. And in the last part of this, we're focusing exclusively on the Word of God. And that's what we do. Uh, and the other thing we focus on is the advocacy for the persecuted church. And there is no other purpose except to get the gospel out and to support and help those who are doing this on the front lines. And uh, so we encourage you to listen to our advocacy program because we do bring forth uh, personal notes from the field. And we are getting contacts with new ministries every day that we never knew that, that existed. Uh, so be sure to check these things out on our Wednesday, Wednesday broadcast. It's important to get these shows around because we want you to be informed about what's going on. And a lot of times you don't hear it. And uh, CBN does some covering of that. And, uh, you know, they can't cover them all. And you may not catch them on CBN. Well, we bring forth stories. We tell you about them. Ours is a commentary and information. And so check these things out. Now, let us move on. We left off in Romans 9.30. And Paul has done a great job of talking about Israel. And the next several shows will be dealing with Israel. Romans 9.30, What shall we say then, that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained the law of righteousness. Now, there is a reason for that. Wherefore, or because of this, he says, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now God had, and he's going to go into this in more in-depth nature, but it's important to understand that there was a change. Christ said, I've come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. That the righteousness and the justification came through the blood atonement. And you access that through faith. You know, and, and one of the basis we see in John 3.16 very simply says in the beginning, For God so loved the world. Now, he doesn't love the things of the world, but he loves his creation and he loves man whom he created. Out of that love flowed God's mercy, which says, I'm going to have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And out of that mercy flows his grace. The vehicle to which helps us, which that favor represents a word called grace. And that grace allows you to attain his favor and to be brought back into standing as a son or a daughter of God. Because you 
repent, you believe, as it says in John 1. He went to his own, and his own received him not, but to as many as did receive him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now see, that receiving is very important. If I have someone at my house and they've come to visit, I don't let them stand out in the porch and shout at me through the door. I open the door, I receive him into my house, and like manner we receive him in his message and who he is and what he's done into our heart, and we repent. But this is done through the Spirit of God, John 3. You must be born again of the Spirit. So that whole function, that justification, that redemption comes through the Spirit of God when you repent and you believe. And then when we get in Romans 3 through about 7, you can read about the confession of sin and the repentance. But John sums this up really good in 1 John 1 where he says, If we walk in the light as he, meaning Christ, is the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us of all sin. But should you sin, that particular verse also points, that context points to the fact that we can seek forgiveness, we can repent, and he is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin. But it comes through faith and believing, and the father of all this was actually Abraham, who believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness' sake. Now this is exactly what Paul is talking about. Now while Jesus, Yahshua, spoke to the Jews about it, they would talk about being of Moses and being of Abraham because they did do the Abrahamic covenant and and Moses the law given at Sinai the Lord flat told them that unless you believe that I am he you will die in your sins and that he is the one that was to come the greater son of David the Messiah Because the Jews knew. You know, you, you can find it in Scripture. The prophets talked about the Messiah coming. They knew that the Gentiles would believe on him. But they didn't have all of it. So Paul, now, getting to chapter 10 again leads off with something that he had said in a previous chapter. In chapter 9, Paul reflected his great heaviness and sorrow in his heart for Israel. Now in chapter 10, Paul is saying his heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And so, you have two major chapters in Romans that are dealing with the apostles' desire to see Israel saved. Well, he was a Jew of the Jews, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He kept the law blameless, he said of himself. He consented to the death 
of Stephen. And, and also, and as I point out, the scripture doesn't say this. But we know that if Paul knew about Stephen, he knew about the other apostles. And if he knew about the other apostles, he knew about the one whom they followed, which was Yahshua. He would have known that. And that's not a rampant guess. That is just factual when you look at the context of the Gospels. There is no way that somebody like Paul would have been ignorant of Yahshua running around, who was a Jew, who, and, and also he wasn't even of the priestly, you know, <laughs> the Levite class. But he was that one to come. Because his anointing wasn't from just being part of a Levite human secular group that you were born into. See, that's how it used to work. For he came born directly as the Son of God. And here he is showing up. Paul would have known this. And he, he definitely didn't understand it because when he did get saved, he says, I did all these things ignorantly. He classified himself as one of the greatest sinners. So he turns around and he's writing to the Romans, which happens to have a lot of Jews from Rome. A lot of them got saved during Pentecost, one of the pilgrim feasts. And so they went back. Now, remember, in the Roman Empire, the Jews got along real well. Because the Roman Empire did have an established method. It didn't matter if you had another religion to the Romans. There was a lot of religions. There was a lot of pagan beliefs. And in a lot of ways, we can find comparison to America. Except we had more Christian beliefs at, at the time when we were created. This nation was created. Now, of course, if you ignore that evidence that is there and believe this trash of the 1619 project, then <laughs> none of this is, you know, you're not going to be listening to this broadcast anyway. But see, we have people that want to change everything. So, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but no, not according to knowledge. Now, even John Haggai, who runs an organization now that backs Israel, has, I don't know, a huge group of Christians. He even recalls the day that God spoke to him about creating that and backing them. And he remembers seeing the Jews at the wall and how they would weep over the word and all that. And the Lord spoke to him, see how they love my word. And, of course, you don't see the Gentiles doing that. Standing in front of a wall, bowing to the word of God. To the authority of the word of God. So they had a zeal. But see, this goes clear back to Moses. It's born in them all the way through. And, but there are now today Jews that have come to know Yahshua. Lots of them who were trying to reach Israel. But Israel still, I mean, even on their own today as a nation, they still have, you know, even if they wanted to do the covenant, they couldn't do the covenant today. So they're a tribe without their temple. They're a tribe without being able to practice everything that they used to do when it was under uh, David or Solomon. They couldn't do that. Now, that's what they long for, and that's why we believe that scripture points out dramatically that there's going to be a third temple during the tribulation time. 
and it'll be at that time when the feast will be instituted, but then there'll be some other issues come up. They'll be betrayed. I mean, a lot of this stuff is, uh, comes out of uh, typical um, interpretation. And as I tell everybody, be careful how what you think is going to happen in Scripture. I've been through this, I don't know how many times, countless. And people have it all lined out. You know, we have... Christian groups uh, around the web, and it's not unusual to see people posting a bunch of uh, <laughs> typical dispensational and even raptural uh, theologies regarding the last days. But see, whenever you think you've got it figured out, and there was a time that I could draw you a timeline, and uh, God revealed to me that that's not true. That the timelines we think we have, they're not as true as we think they are. Because we've taken a lot of surmises by former theologians and people who are well adverse in interpreting but yet they still didn't have it right. The preterb rapture is among them. I <clears throat> recently Tower and I met an old friend of ours that goes back to the church that we began here locally, that we began going to. And out of that church, I don't know, there was a lot of couples, I mean a lot of couples that went into the ministry and Tower and I were one of them. And we knew this woman, and we knew her kids. And I knew them when, when they grew up. I knew where they were working, some of them. And uh, the pastor, uh, they were his grandkids. And, well, at any rate, to make a long story short, you know, we were talking about a lot of this, what was going on. And you can tell that the day is late. I mean, if there w was a pre-trib rapture, it would have happened a long time ago. Because that is a, a teaching that takes you totally out of all the trouble. But at any rate, I have covered a lot of this in our Revelation series. But you see, the bottom line of it is, is that Jews had the zeal for God, but they didn't have the current knowledge. Because they reject it. And also the fact that they had been blinded because they had rejected God's attempt to wake them up. Now, Isaiah records this. You know, in one place he writes, I will choose your delusions and bring your own fears upon you because when I called, you did not listen. And that not only applies to Israel, that applies to America today. America has not listened to the many preachers, many people that had warned America. I've, I've been warning along, Tower's been with me, and we've been warning America for many, many years. And this end-time ministry that we're in now, it's over two decades but the first time we were warning was back in the early 70s. So we go back a ways. And you see, people didn't want to hear it then. They didn't want to hear David Wilkerson when he was telling them. There's been a lot of preachers. There's been a lot of preachers over the decades, even hundreds of years, that warned this nation the way it was going, and now we are in the end phase of that. We have crossed the bar. We're not coming back. And all these modern-day prophets you hear that are telling you there's going to be a massive revival in America, there is not. Not a true born-again experience. And this is because we are lost. We will not listen. Many of our churches aren't even right with their messages. And this is soothing the sinner. User-friendly churches, I call it 
the Sugar Plum Jesus and the Fairy Tale Church. And we, we have a lot of these. And so while we look at the, uh, the Jews and, well, you know, they have a zeal of a God, but not according to knowledge, for they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believes. But look at the Gentiles. We don't even bother with establishing our own righteousness because we just think we're righteous already. We can do anything we want to. We don't believe that God will judge anybody, especially America. And now we got all these pompous young people that are running around the streets with their woke theology, which is damnable. It's the anti-gospel. There is not going to be a perfected race of humans. There's going to be only one through Christ that is going to be perfected. And if you reject him, you will reject everything there is for salvation. And that's the way it is. You don't like it? Tough. Go believe what you want to believe. Go do what you want to do. In Romans 9 now, we can revert back to what we've already covered. But he says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. So we have chapter 9 and chapter 10 describing Paul's burden for Israel. That he'd be willing to be accursed if they could be saved. That's not the way this is going to work. God holds every man and woman accountable. You want your your family saved? It isn't going to do any good for you to want to be accursed. If you go off and become accursed, that isn't going to help your family at all. You need to fast and pray and believe that they will be saved. Period. That somehow, some way, over the years, God will bring them to repentance. And if you really believe that, and you fast and pray, I believe absolutely that God will bring them to pass. But God gives people the right to believe what they want to believe, if that's what they want to follow. Now, it's very clear when we get to Revelation 22, the way this is supposed to work out, because it says that he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Then another portion of that says, he that is wicked, let him be wicked still. And then you follow a verse down in the context, and he says, for my reward is with me to give to every man according as his works shall be. If you're going to be righteous, he'll give you a righteous man's work. If you're going to be wicked, he will give you the reward for the wicked. That is the way this works. And you have to decide what you're willing to do. And following the law without having the faith of Christ and believing in him, you will have no power. Because there's one way God chose a long time, through the blood of the covenant. See, Israel just wasn't supposed to follow the law. They had sacrifices of blood a certain way, performed a certain way by the priests for the day of atonement and the atoning sacrifice. But those were temporary and they had to do them all the time. But Christ died for all once, and that's it. No more crucifying, no more sacrificing the animals, because that isn't good enough. There's only one thing through Christ. Paul goes on to say in verse 5, For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this way, this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead? 
Now, see, a lot of that you can find if we go to Deuteronomy 10 through 14. It says that if thou, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord with all thine heart, with all thy soul, for this is the commandment I command thee this day. It is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven, and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up over the sea for us, and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth, in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. Now, see, Paul goes on to say in verse 8, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now that is the word of faith. And you can find what it says in the law. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth, in thy heart. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The Greek here, the reference to that is actually to all Gentiles. At the time, the Greeks were known as as the others. It's just a common term. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call upon him? in whom they have not believed. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings, glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, Paul says in verse 16. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? I mean, you can send all the prophets you want, but if they're not going to listen, it doesn't do any good. You can have all the preachers in the world preaching the gospel, but if people ain't going to believe, if they're not going to receive it. Now, you get overseas And you find out that these people that risk their lives work in some of the toughest areas there is. Many times they've been beaten almost to death, wound up in the hospital, but they continue to preach. And through the persecution and suffering, they find results. They see miracles happen. But the gospel, if you get in India, the Hindus absolutely target the Christian churches. In Pakistan, it's the Muslims. In China, it's the communists. In North Korea, it's the government. And at the head of that gov government is Kim Jong-il. So make no mistake, especially today with the gospel. No, they don't obey the gospel. They don't believe the gospel. And in Revelation, going to find that the Lord will judge those. They didn't believe. They didn't keep the gospel. 
of the Lord Jesus. They didn't believe it. So the point Paul was saying, then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Paul says again, but I say, have they not heard? Meaning Israel. Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the end of the world. But I, but I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I'll provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah, Isaiah, Paul says, is very bold and says, I was found of them, meaning the Gentiles, that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. The Gentiles didn't. And when Paul went to preach, you know, they, they received the word. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Now, see, there is no doubt that God had chosen Israel. But if you remember, there was a time, especially when they, Moses was up on the mount and the children down below, including with Aaron, were making a golden calf to worship. Because Isaiah, uh, Moses was so long in the mount. God was going to destroy Israel. And Moses interceded and God didn't. And then we find both of the houses of Israel... Israel being the northern tribes and Judah, the southern tribe, both of them were eventually overthrown. They lost their lands. And the lost tribes of Israel, the ten tribes, and then there's two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, and then the Levites, who are a priestly class, were down in Judah, in Jerusalem. And only Judah was brought back from captivity. The others were intermingled with the nations. And we classify them as the lost tribes of Israel. But you can find, even today, there are those tribes that are coming back to Israel that are part of those lost tribes. And then there's a bunch of others. And many of those are actually in the church the Gentile churches, they have come back. And so it's interesting to note that the burden of Paul and, you know, being in the church in America, it makes you wonder. If we had the same kind of burden for America as Paul had for Israel, Things might have changed a long time ago in this nation. But instead, we have modernized the gospel until it's absolutely polluted. And we have upgraded Christianity in the churches to include psychology, sociology, counseling. Of course, it's all Christian. All the various sciences. Now, see... In Bible school, I had to take sociology and psychology. I had to read the works of men that I disagree with. And, you know, the bottom line of it is, is that there is wisdom beyond the wisdom of men. And that's how you got the gospel and the redemption which we have today. But the church is not built on psychology, sociology, and counseling. It's built upon the power of God through the Spirit of God. And the confirming for that is the Word of God that God has given us.
For the word of God, when it goes forth, as Christ said, my words are spirit and they are life. Everywhere the Lord went, there was miracles. The apostles too, the early church had them. And we're living in a day and an age where we have large churches but no miracles. Oh yeah, people can go to a doctor and get healed and they say, uh, you know, thank the Lord. And that's okay. But the bottom line of it is there is a power beyond what we in America have accessed of the Lord God. And if you listen to some of the programs that we've been doing on the persecuted church, you're going to find the persecuted church... And yes, they're oppressed, and they suffer terribly, a lot of them. But yet, they have that persistence to go forward. Because they have the burden for their people, just like Paul had for his. Now, there are organizations also that work with people in North Korea, closed country. And we have some of those Koreans, North Koreans, that managed to escape. And their testimony of what went on is now available. You can, you can find it quite readily. And one woman who escaped told how her mother used to pray in private because they wouldn't tell their kids till they're of age. And the authorities would use the kids to try to get them to betray and turn in their parents. And if they ever did, they would lose three generations of their parents. They would go in and wipe them all out, send them to prison. Now, North Korea actually began many years ago in the beginning with Kim Jong-il's, you know, kin a long time ago. And it all began because of Christian persecution. I mean, there was Christian persecution back there. And and that's actually one of the main things there that went on. And so when they finally got to the new status with the Un family, uh, Kim Jong-un and all of his forefathers, you know, they barred Christianity from the outgo. And so... They had to hide their Bibles. They had to hide their faith. They would get persecuted immediately. And so they'd have to pray in silent. And she would tell how she would hear, overhear her mother praying. And she would plead to God to save the North Koreans. Long time ago, she said she, was, she would weep and pray for a long time. Just praying that North Korea would be saved, the North Korean people. And some of them have, and they do have very secretive churches. I know, uh, uh, read of one from, and, and I have covered this some time ago. But see, the thing of it is, is that she had a burden for her people in the midst of this. And you have like Bibles for the Mideast who are going through tremendous uh, trouble because of COVID in India. But they're also in Africa and Asia. They're in three different continental areas. And they've got their churches. And they're all former Muslims. A lot of them are former Muslims who came to know the Lord. And there's a lot of visions. There's a lot of miracles where the Lord shows up and performs miracles. But you see, they go out, or they're even sought out. They're targeted in Pakistan, in Iran, India, Bangladesh. I mean, there's a lot of these areas. They go out anyway. Because they have that same burden that Paul had for Israel. They have it for their own people. That woman in North Korea had the same type of burden for her people, the North Koreans. She knew the truth. 
she believed in spite of the risks. There's a story of a guy from North Korea who had found a Bible. And he knew that he couldn't keep the whole Bible because if he was ever found with it, they would destroy him and his family. So he took the pages of the Bible and ripped them out and pasted them all over the inside of his outhouse. Well, the North Koreans found out. And they come on over and they looked at the inside of the outhouse and saw the Bible pasted all over the walls inside the outhouse. And they laughed. Just the place for it. That's what they thought. Well, the guy that did it said, now I go to the bathroom and I can read the Word of God and no one will bother me. And that begs the question, you know, how much of the word of the God, uh, word of God, do you need? Do you need the whole Bible? Yeah, it's nice to have the whole Bible. But what if you can't have the whole Bible? What verse would you have? What what section would you take? And in America, if it got so bad that you had to paper the outhouse with your Bible, would you be allowed to do it? In America, you may not even be allowed to do that. What section would you keep? What section would you memorize? What, what would you be willing to suffer for And if you're a Jew and you believe in Yahshua, even to this day there's persecution from other Jews. And it, and, it, and it does come, and we have heard it. Many years ago, I uh, interviewed Ari. Um, at that time, he was the director and head of Mao's Israel. He has since taken up another role with them. And they've got another uh, one that leads the congregation there. But it's grown. And they have Jews and Arabs. And they live in peace because they believe in the same Lord. And Ari used to tell us stories. And they still do. They'll still tell you about what these people do in Israel to stop the Christians. So make no mistake, even in Israel, it's not a piece of cake. Now you see, Israel itself is not out of the woods by any way, because right now they're in another war and it's with Gaza. The reason they're in Gaza is because the Jews gave them the land back. I knew when it happened. And I was talking about it. This is not going to work out. You're just going to have terrorists closer to home. That's exactly what happened. And matter of fact, it's been worse. Because from the beginning, Arafat did not plan on building a country that would put people to work and live in peace. He built up a people that would always have a blood hatred for Israel. And would always fight him. And he did a good job. So as we look at Paul's burden for Israel. He spent these chapters 9 and 10. And he built up even before that. Describing a lot of areas about repentance. Now he does an, another job, a real good job, when we read Hebrews. But see, then he's going to take you into Romans 11. And he's going to combine this with the Gentiles, the remnant. He's going to tell you that God has not cast away Israel, that Israel is an enemy of the gospel. But yet he says, all Israel shall be saved. 
and he discusses the times of the uh, the times of the Gentiles. This is very important in prophecy. Not many people discuss it. But in the world we're living in the times of the Gentiles, it's not always going to be that way. They're rising to a peak of one of the greatest defeats in world history. And it'll be at the hands of Yahshua who comes again. And the Antichrist, or the beast as you call him, who's going to gather and deceive the nations, he will be the leader of all the Gentiles. He will gather up the Gentile nations, every stinking one of them, and it doesn't matter whether you're um, any number of different ethnic nationalities. There's two national, there's two separations in the Bible. There's the Jews, and there's the Gentiles. Period. And under the Gentiles. In the New Testament, sometimes they'll put Greeks. Are all those known as the unbelieving heathen. These were the ones in the Old Testament that would surround Israel that God had to cast out because of what they did. And, and God warned the Jews, don't do what these countries did. Or the same thing will happen to you. So... Two lessons we've learned is that God is not done with Israel. And number two, if the church had the same burden for their own people as Paul has for Israel, we might not be in this catastrophic paganism, elitism, humanism that we are in today. And one of the worst purveyors to destroy the world and the nations and the families is technology. Number two, that technology is the internet. It is your smartphone. It is your computers. Now we have carved out a place along with others on the internet that is amoral. A place for preaching the gospel. We've done it over two decades, but even that's going to shut down one day. But when you base a society in education and allow your kids to learn from the Internet, it is amoral. It will teach your kids to be amoral, and they will hope in the wrong thing. Your technology will lead you to one of the greatest defeats that you've ever seen happen to mankind, and that will be the mark. And I've warned about this for many years. I still speak it. This technology is damnable. And it will send you to hell if you don't know how to use it right. Be warned. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. We have places to sign up for our newsletters. We have a new uh, book and resource center that you can check out. And I'm just putting it together, folks, again. So we don't have all the books in the world. We're going to put the second volume uh, that I've did of the Steel series on there, but uh, I've been bound up from doing it. I've been wanting to get with the people that are helping me. I've been able to do it for two to three weeks now because of the issues with our network and things like that that I'm still working out. So things get slowed up here because in this ministry it's Tower and I, and we have a few friends that help us uh, from around the world, but uh, other than that, folks... If it weren't for the grace of God and our few friends, uh, and, and of course the grace of God, there's no way we could bring you this. And I urge you, look to him. Father, thank you for this word. Bless this word to all those who have heard it. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, from the preaching, teaching, streaming of this word. In Jesus' name. Shalom, everybody. Till next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.